world around us is polluted with thousands of polarized opinions regarding scientific advances, ethics, and truth. It may seem quite hard to find your footing, your voice in the clamoring crowd, and your vision in such convoluted topics such as climate change or stem cell ethics. Our goal is to provide some clarity to the big questions of Christianity and science by examining holistic biblical, philosophical, and experiential views held by Christians and non-Christians alike throughout the centuries. Through this journey, we hope not only to deepen your understanding of science, but to ultimately deepen your love for God and His wondrous creation. This is the Convergence Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Minch. I'm Caleb Metz. And we just got back from a solid spring break. Uh, what did you do over spring break? Because I went to Utah and that was a great adventure. I did a lot of work at my house and schoolwork because I had a bunch of essays due yes. this week. Yeah, I did a few essays as well when I got back, but I'm pretty tired, a little bit of a cough. So if I randomly cough during this episode, don't take it seriously. Yeah, I don't have don't have the coronavirus yet. So yet, um, yeah, that's a big epidemic. Uh, we did an episode a few weeks ago, but we might readdress it next week if it continues to grow out of hand. Maybe change some stuff, tell you some tips because I know we didn't really give you any tips about how to avoid it. But now it, it's hands. seeming like a more more uh, prevalent thing. Um, yeah, just yes, wash, wash your, your hands. hands. I started washing my hands a lot actually. So good job, me. Yes, I know. Um, so yeah, so today we're going to be talking about 23andMe. Um, a bunch, I bet a bunch of you have heard about it. It is a service that allows you to sequence your DNA and see what your ancestry is. And also there's like certain features where you can see like what kind of diseases you'll develop maybe in the future if they have high chance of. Uh, there's like a health package. I think it costs a little bit extra, uh, but not too sure about that. But uh, yeah, so 23andMe, uh, we're talking about that because it is a big thing. A lot of Americans, uh, a lot of people all over the world are actually doing it. I think it's in the millions somewhere. Uh, it's a big service. It's a good Christmas gift. I know my uncles have done it, uh, found their <laughs> place of origin. Um, so, yeah. So, we're going to tell you, I guess, if it's a good idea to do it. Uh, maybe some of the secret things you might not know about it. Sort of how the process works, so you can be familiar with the science part. Uh, and also, so we're going to tie in some biblical genealogies and stuff that might not seem related, but it's not. Yeah, you're right. You if you seem it yeah yeah you'll you'll see when we get we'll there see. it's spicy so first off 23andme is basically a human genetic service where they sequence your dna and kind of show where your ancestry came from taking little little parts of your dna that are um similar to other people that have done this um so this is basically what they say how it works um basically say the human DNA is about 99.5% identical from person to person. That may seem a lot, but when you think about it, DNA is huge. So there's a few, there's a fair amount of sections of it that are many base pairs long that are different. However, there are small differences that make each person unique. These differences are called variants. Your DNA was passed down from your parents, um, uh, and their parents and so on. Variants can be linked to certain health conditions, traits, and ancestry groups. Your saliva contains DNA from the cells in your mouth. This is how you do the test. What you do is you spit into this vial and you ship it to them and it contains cheek cells that they take the DNA from. Um, and their lab extracts DNA from your cells, um, from your saliva, and they process the DNA on a genotyping chip that reads hundreds of thousands of variants in your genome. Um, your genetic data is analyzed and they generate a 
personalized report that shows where you're from or if you get these upgraded packages you can see oh what like possible health risks you have um things like that um when they do list like the they have these things where you can have like health risks and i believe um different traits that could be problematic to um like health predis predispositions and they have a little disclaimer and i'm going to read it which is very interesting it says the 23andme pgs test includes health predisposition and carrier status reports carrier status just means that you carry a certain gene that could be harmful for example if you carry the gene for um, sickle cell anemia um, that's a possible one that's not good no it's not good. unless you live in africa then you want to be the heterozygote for it but yeah take genetics you'll understand um health predisposition man i can't say that word reports include both reports that meet fda requirements for genetic health risks and the 23andme type 2 diabetes health predisposition report which is based on 23andme research and has not been reviewed by the fda interesting um, the test uses qualitative genotyping to detect select clinical relevant vari variants in the genomic DNA of adults from saliva for the purpose of reporting and interpre interpreting genetic health risks and reporting carrier status. It is not intended to diagnose any disease. Your ethnicity may affect the relevance of each report and how your genetic health risk results are interpreted. Each genetic health risk report describes if a person has variants associated with a higher risk of developing a disease, but does not describe a person's overall risk for developing the disease. So the basically they're saying there's, they can find certain mutations in your genome that could lead to a disease later on. But with our knowledge of like with epigenetics and how environmental factors play a role, that doesn't mean that you will get the disease. Um, this test is not intended for you to tell you anything about your current state of health or to be used to make medical decisions, including whether or not you should take a medication, how much of a medication you should take or determine any treatment. Our carrier status reports can be used to determine carrier status, but not cannot determine if you have two copies of any genetic variant. These carrier reports are not intended to tell you anything about your risk for developing disease in the future, the health of your fetus, or your newborn child's risk of developing a particular disease later in life. So basically, they're kind of just that yeah. disclaimer about like, oh, this isn't a fact about the information. Doesn't yeah. mean you're going to get a disease, but if you have this mutation that's been associated with the disease, you could have a possibility. And uh, earlier, I read an um, article of this woman who found out that she has this mutation in um, one of in her genome that's associated with breast and ovarian cancer, and she started freaking out, um, and she kind of like was like is this true and she was kind of scared by it um because it's just she gets an email of it and it just says that and that's it yeah and she's like that's kind of cold and which we'll get into like the stuff that could be ethically bad for this because then she after that she went to a her gynecologist and then they went through different screening processes and it was confirmed that that mutation was there but then through that she had a one-on-one -on -one with someone and they were able to talk about like options and stuff which that would be really that's that's kind of a better way of it but i do see like the benefit of yeah catching it but it could also make be used for freak bad, out so yeah it can be used for bad so i'm going to go over i think some of the secret 
stuff that they don't tell you uh, in 23andMe, but you do probably sign some f- waiver when you get the thing. You just don't read the waiver because no one reads the waivers. You it know? was like 15 pages long, yeah. and it's and so, super small text. So, yeah, so one article I found, uh, they actually do sell your data in order to develop new drugs, uh, so they do have permission to do that. I mean, but drugs aren't, like, the worst thing that could happen to you. Like, who cares? Like, sure, sell my data. It's like you're using my data for the betterment of human society and flourishing, which is okay. But some people might not want their data because since they have access to this data, it can be hacked. Uh, And so uh, it's not just the genetic, like, testing industry that actually deals with hackers. It's literally every company deals with hackers. There's always people in this world that want to hack things. Uh... We have a friend who's pretty good at hacking as well. So I've learned a lot about this hacking world. Uh, and it's not too hard. Like, even our school computers are getting hacked into often. And, yeah, yeah. So, so we did, like, a whole thing with privacy with him a few episodes ago. So just, like, privacy. This is another way to lose your privacy, right? Your genetic privacy, putting it out there, uh, it has the ability to get hacked. Uh, not saying it it is. Like, a statement came out from Ancestry's uh 23 and me and saying that pr- protecting customer data remains their highest priority uh but uh so they've they've got a lot of security around this but it's still a possibility because yeah, hackers everything could be are usually hacked. always one step ahead um uh so uh so you actually like they are selling your data but you actually don't really get any of the money from it uh, which a lot of commentators have said they need to change that because you're literally selling people's information for money, and that seems kind of messed up for a company to do. Uh, but uh, a lot of consumers, even with 23andMe, like you have an option to opt out, uh, but a lot opt in because there is some more benefits that go along with that. So it's over like 80% that opt to share their data. And they've got like literally millions, I think it's like around 90 million entries or so. So it's actually a huge number. Uh, but yeah, so there's also like really not broad laws covering genetic privacy right now because it's such an early thing. Uh, so there's really, uh, there is a, an act in state called the GINA, which is the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. Uh, but it's really like a really narrow law that only focuses on banning employers from accessing the information. But it, you can't actually, it doesn't do that much with uh, hiring, like whether they can hire certain people, you just can't have access to their genetic information. And so it's actually, it's pretty broad and it's just for employers and things. So, uh, there's no saying that in the future, I think there will be better genetic, uh, laws in place, but as of right now, they're still pretty weak. So if your privacy does get, uh, leaked and there's something that can affect you, there's not really any laws in place that could help you out right now. Uh, and so also, uh, law enforcement is actually already asking for people's DNA because they know these companies have large amounts of DNA. They've already sold them to the drug companies. Uh, and so law enforcement is actually like, like police officers, uh, the FBI are already like asking these companies for this information, uh, which can be a good thing because it can help, uh, catch criminals and things. Uh, but it's also could lead to some like predisposed discrimination, uh, of certain individuals uh, that doesn't exist in the future and so they can they can see who you're related to i guess and if you're related to some major let's say some major drug dealer like your whole family and if they see that with your genetic things then i guess that could be a way of like pre-crime uh trying to stop pre-crime and discrimination on that basis which is a whole nother thing in itself Uh, and so 
there is and this is actually kind of a loophole because they actually can technically do this now because the gina agreement doesn't cover the enforcers it's just employers so uh so law enforcers can take your dna and also like you're putting a lot of trust in the 23andme company when you do this or any other company you do it and companies are for profit uh and so for-profit companies don't have usually the best ethics so yeah well, a lot do but a lot, a lot do, don't but a lot don't especially when they're dealing with large amounts of data like i know facebook's had huge privacy issues uh, with leaking people's data targeting ads uh all sorts of things and i i could see 23 and me going down the same route so that's why i personally haven't done it so but do we do we think it's a good idea let's do you think it's a good idea caleb to do 23 and me? yeah like would you do it if it was free <laughs> no no i don't need to why would i need to do it i already know where my people came from and it's pretty boring so <laughs> yeah i'd say like i think better is I think genetic testing is good for knowing where people come from. I guess you can see your heritage, but I think just like a simple ancestry.com or something like that is probably uh, a better bet. If you want that information, I mean, knowing your genetics for the health benefits, I think is a little bit risky. Uh, and I don't think it actually gives you a full picture or enough information. I think if you really want to know your health benefits, you should go see a genetic counselor and get the professional opinion. I think that this is kind of a really sloppy way of doing it because you aren't just your genes. There's a lot of epigenetic factors and uh, your diet can influence that. And so there's a lot of more deeper things that being with a genetic counselor will help a lot more to see the clear, the situation than this. Uh, but as you were mentioning in that situation, they actually did catch the breast cancer that way. And I think that's a really, a really cool thing to do. But also like if you think I don't know if anyone's ever seen Gattaca. It's this movie where all of these, like, it's a dystopian movie, and all these people are, are pretty much genetically edited babies as a birth. Uh, but there's some people that aren't. And so when they're hiring for the good jobs, they can sequence your whole genome and see if you're like, like, the main character wants to go and be an astronaut, right? Uh, but he can't get a job. The problem is he can't get a job at the astronaut because he's not. He's not one of the like the elect, like the perfect gene people, uh, because he has like a heart problem and it shows in his genes. And so the company won't hire him because they'll be like, oh, we don't want it, people that just die on Mars. And so they only hire the, like the pure uh, genetically edited, edited people to their company, which is Gattaca. And so, so yeah, there's like this huge thing with genetic based discrimination that could occur. Uh, it does seem kind of far fetched and in the future, but I think, I think that since there's no really laws in place right now that pretty bad you know they already allow you to genetically alter your babies <laughs> if you want one with blue eyes they allow you to change it to blue eyes yeah which is f basically this yeah so we're actually not too far from Gattaca but not everyone it hasn't caught on mainstream yet of no. course it's just because it's still expensive but I think if that does that these companies will be in like a load like everyone will be sw swarming to these companies because ultimately companies are in it for profit and if they can know that the person they're hiring is going to be there long term uh, and that they're in good health uh, they don't have to pay for their health insurance as much because they're they're not going to get sick or they've got good genes so they're just gonna they're gonna do that and that's that's no bueno so so yeah so my consensus like i don't think it's a bad idea 
But I think the health part is a little bit sketchy. I don't think I'm willing to share my information with these companies. Yeah, no. Because then they could use that to like, oh, you're predisposed to this? Um, I'm not going to hire you. Yeah. So, uh, so now we're going into a little bit of a biblical discussion, which sort of has something to do. You know, we're going to make a link because... You know, ancestry is very important in the Bible as well, uh, genealogies uh, and ancestry. And so, um, and a lot of people I know when they read the Bible, they just kind of skip over the genealogies, but I think they're important and I've learned a lot about them. I used to actually skip over them, but I don't anymore because it's, it's cool, especially the genealogy in Genesis five. Uh, it's the first genealogy in the whole Bible, unless you count like God creating Adam, which it's kind of not really a typical genealogy. Uh, so there's a lot more of these, especially numbers. Uh, Exodus has got a few. Um, yeah, so in the Old Testament and New Testament, there's tons of genealogies. Uh, but I think the main reason for these is because kids are really important in the ancient world. Uh, inheritance went to your son. Uh, you had this, you like wanted your son to stay alive above everything. That's why Isaac sacrificing his son was such a big deal because sons were literally, or I mean, Abraham sacrificing Isaac was such a big deal, my bad, uh, because sons were literally everything, and he was kind of giving up his his inheritance, like his, his bloodline when he did that. And so I think the key verse uh, to understand this is Genesis 3.15 after the fall. Uh, God says, and I'll put enemy, enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he'll crush your head and you'll strike his heel. And so really, like, through this and through the promise, uh, God is promising a savior through a child. And so that's, I think, why children are so important, especially in the Old and New Testament, is because God's going to save the world through a child. Like all these genealogies are doing is going to show how uh, God is going to send that child. And ultimately, this kid is going to have to come from God because, uh, as you can see with all the in the book of Kings and all that, all the all the children who come from men have ultimately failed to do that role of saving uh, Israel and the world. So that's one cool thing about genealogies and their purpose. Uh, Caleb, you know, so we got some more, some more cool things about genealogies. And yeah, so genealogies are there to show that essentially was to show like Jesus is relating to like just man in general. So it showed like, in the Old Testament, it showed how people were direct descendants from God and then how Jesus was direct descendants from just regular people that were pretty messed up. They put a lot of people up there that were really messed up, which is really interesting because it's showing how kids matter and how, like, Jesus coming through the world will be a child. And they talked about foreshadowing in Genesis about the um, about someone who will come and crush satan's head or the snake's head or satan's head and he will bite his heel by showing the huge importance on families and children and how they get passed down and keeping a track of that because they show oh that's related to them that's important because that was like prophesized how much longer um before um they also confirm like the historical accuracy of the bible because when they keep a record of these they're able to look at how old they were because a lot of times they show how long they lived until they died mm. and it shows like oh how old they were and then they can line those up with like key events that happened historically and then what are re- recorded in the bible and they can line up and say oh that matches with this 
which is really important. Yeah. I think also like they show Christ, like the hundred percent humanity in Christ yeah. as well through the, even that genealogy in Matthew and Luke. Uh, and also that God uses imperfect people to accomplish his purposes. Cause you've got a bunch of people in there like Rahab and who are clearly sinners, uh, but God still used them in his plan of salvation in genealogy. So yeah, that's really cool. And also there's sort of a thing with uh, Genesis one twenty eight. uh, God commands us to rule and multiply. So, uh, this command, uh, be f- to be fruitful and increase in number. Uh, we see that sort of play into these genealogies as well. Um, that command is ultimately what is going to be uh, to rule and multiply physically is ultimately going to turn into Jesus, which then gives the command in Matthew to go out and make disciples of all nations. So it's sort of a spiritual ruling and multiplying, which we're living right now. So, yep. And uh, that sort of concludes our 23 and me podcast. Sorry, this is a little shorter one. We just got back from spring break and we're a little tired and, and we have stuff to do and get yes. back in the rhythm of things. It is hard, but Convergence podcast will always be running. Uh, we're, we got some interesting ones coming up, maybe some partnerships, maybe some Skype interviews, who knows? Uh, it'll be some fun times for sure, but thank you for listening. This has been the Convergence podcast. Awkward. Well, the extra music didn't play. So who cares? We'll play our own. We'll make our